Welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. We're booksmen. Tom, mm-hmm. I'm going to fuck things up this week. What? Throw out the book. We're watching a movie. Wow. Finally. I, Just I, kidding. I, it happens all the time. <laughs> it happens literally every four episodes. Yeah. Uh, Tom, uh, you read a book. Mm-hmm. It's called The Island of Dr. Moreau. Monroe. Monroe. Uh, how did you feel about the book? We didn't really talk about your, your overall Oh, uh, I think I did. <laughs> I think I did. You I'll tell you. Just weren't paying attention. What, what, what I got from your explanation and uh-huh. what somebody on Patreon also got from your explanation that this book was a dang clunker. Yeah. It wasn't a bad story, but it was just... Uh, and I mean, maybe, you know, back in the 1800s, everything was boring. So, yeah, maybe this was, you know, the most titillating. Maybe this was Avengers Endgame, of, uh, you know, in the 1800s when, uh, you know, people people couldn't even go see the, the movie where the train pulls into the station yet. Yeah. So this was like a real banger. But uh, uh, it just seemed like everything that was being shrouded in like, ooh, what's going to happen? What, what's go- What's happening on this island? Yeah, we know. Was like a we know, but then B when you found out, it's like ah, it's not like a twist. That's not a thing. That's not possible. <laughs> you can't just uh, you know, take a puma and make it into a person. <laughs> like I don't care what the hell you're graft. A you can't just graft parts of animals onto other animals. That doesn't work. Uh, yeah, they didn't know any better back then, though. People were trying that shit. Yeah. Uh, although, have you seen? There are like uh, no laws preventing it. I don't. Yeah. think. Yeah. Well, have you seen? Uh, have you seen? Have you heard this? Uh, that uh, they just uh, like uh, changed a law in Japan about uh, chimera. chimera. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Ripped right out of the pages of a hundred and thirty-year-old book. <laughs> um, uh, that now. They like lifted uh, a restriction where Japanese scientists are allowed to, you know, monkey around again. Yeah, hey, no pun intended. Intent. No, no pun intended. Because whenever isn't... anybody says pun intended, you no said pun this intended. last week. Yeah. <laughs> no, Tim. Because the, if I was going to make a pun, I would say they were going to pig around. Uh, that doesn't make a that, that well, doesn't make a sense, Tom. <laughs> that doesn't make a sense. It doesn't make a sense. Uh, cause they're, they're, they're working on pigmen. They're working on swine men. No, the I- For organs. Yeah. The idea is, well, what if we could take like a pig zygote, uh, put in a few human stem cells, but we're going to point, we can, they, they've done this already with a rat apparently, uh, where it's like, all right, we can engineer a pig zygote to be like, uh, this pig zygote doesn't have a liver. Uh, but then we'll direct these human stem cells towards where the liver would be and stem cells somewhat na- somewhat naturally. When you put them someplace where something's missing, they're like, all right, boys, get to work. Let's start making a liver. Stem huh? cells are amazing. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, start. God damn the them. Bush administration. I was mad about stem cells in 2006. We still mad about this? No. And nowadays people like... Uh, they keep some of your stem cells when you're born. Like they keep yeah. the, the the umbilical cord or something. They're like, we might be able to do something with this later. Yeah, like it's give like, you uh, powers. 
I don't know if it's powers, but if you like, uh, it we can might... rebuild like your spine and yeah. stuff, right? Like, oh yeah, I mean, it, there there's you know uh, an enormous potential of what they can do with stem cells. It seems like. Uh, have you heard the theory that uh, like uh, like our generation uh, millennials? It's like ah, that might be like the last generation that dies of old age. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing where I'm like, oh, they keep uh, when my niece was born. I remember hearing something about this, and I was like. Oh, wait, that's not fair. Like, so wait, they keep part of the umbilical cord? It's like, yeah, because it has like stem cells in it. It's like, oh, she's going to get her arm cut off one day and they'll be like, no big deal. We'll just grow you a new arm. Meanwhile, I lose an arm. I'm out of luck. Yeah, well, when uh, when the next generation dies fighting in the water wars, (laughs) (laughs) like the the peaceful uh, (laughs) transition uh, off this mortal coil of old age will we'll seem uh, quaint, quaint yeah. and wonderful. Um, so this is the idea that, well, we can crack this because, you know, unfortunately so many people die uh, that could be saved by organ transplants every year, yeah. but there just aren't enough uh, organs. People don't give them up. People are like, nah, I want to bury me with all those things. Yeah. it Shouldn't that be, like, not... Voluntary. Uh, in, I mean, it should be voluntary. I think in California, it's opt out. Yeah, or they were trying to make it opt out because yeah, that's the way it should be. It should be opt out. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, we, oh, I need these things. I need uh, them to rot in the ground for no good reason. Oh, uh, what if I need to burn them up in a really hot oven? Yeah. Oh, what if God's like, oh, you left your liver on Earth? Sorry. Yeah. Well, I guess it would be Peter at the pearly gates. Be like Peter. I was trying to help my fellow man, and then Peter's yeah. like, "Oh, I went to a child molester. He <laughs> <laughs> lived for another fifty years molesting chi- children. Uh, Your liver uh, committed these atrocities." <laughs> well, unfortunately, where goes the liver goes the soul, and uh, you're both going to hell. Um, no, I mean we've both gone on the record as saying, uh, "Throw our bodies in the trash when we're done with them." Yeah, for pick out pick out anything that might be. Well, d- yeah, I will useful. say with that, yeah, take take what you take what you can get, and mash me up as small yeah, as I can. Mash get. the rest. Compost me. Yeah, shoot me into space. Yeah, I don't with care the rest about of the, the cost. trash. <laughs> well, at some point, we'll be sending all of our trash into space. What do they do? Like, if you're an old, old man, if you're like a 95-year-old man, you can't get a credit card anymore, right? That would be silly. Yeah, probably not, right? Yeah. Or they'd be like, Why yeah, would you pay it? We'll give you a credit card. Yeah, it's got a $100 limit, pal. Yeah. Go nuts. Because you're going to die, and we're going to be on the hook for all this. Yeah. I'm not going to... I'm not gonna uh, give you a credit card so you can buy some uh, some some stuff to woo somebody fifty years your junior. Yeah, What's which the... is still pretty old. <laughs> What's the deal with uh, uh, yeah? You ever read about these things where it's like, oh, this, this you know, a very old man married somebody forty years younger? It's like, well, I, yeah, it doesn't matter after a certain point. It's yeah. gross anyway. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Those are our thoughts on aging and dying. After a certain part, after a certain point, it's gross, which is why we're all for just throw us out. Yeah, it's throw gross. me in the trash. Even if I die tomorrow, throw me in the trash. No, if I die tomorrow, I'm gonna leave behind a beautiful corpse. Just <laughs> display it. 
Uh, Put me in Madame Tussauds. <laughs> oh, as a goof, yeah. Yeah. Don't tell the staff. And yeah. Like, you know, a few days earlier, they're like, fucking stinks yeah, in here, Yeah, get Jimmy right? Kimmel in on this, though. <laughs> Put so, me next to the Jimmy Kimmel wax statue. He'll love it. He'll play it on his yeah, show. Yeah. Uh, it's my like, dying wish to be on the Jimmy on Jimmy Kimmel Live in, in my, some sort of a prank. And my jaw fall off at some tourists. <laughs> yeah, I want to be a wax museum prank on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Uh, Is that too much to ask? But anyway, uh, the 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 pig zygotes are like, all right, no liver in this pig zygote. Put the stem cells in. The stem cells will make a liver. And then we're like, ha ha! Tricked both of you, the pig and the stem cells. Now you know, we're in- outsmarting a pig, Tom. Well, not if it's a nine times man. out of ten, I can do that. Uh, but then it's like, okay, cool. Now we can take this liver, and guess what? It's kind of like a human liver, or it's human enough that uh, a body won't reject it. That's why you can't put a baboon heart in you, for example. But they're like, uh, don't worry. We know the concerns. We're going to keep an eye on if uh, too many stem cells get to the brain uh, and the pig starts becoming like self aware, uh, we'll put it down. <laughs> good yeah don't worry if any of these pigs start talking we'll slit their throats <laughs> all right uh speaking of which tom <laughs> i watched the movie oh no <laughs> i don't like this one bit. you gotta stop doing that tom. i didn't like the the way your face your face turned into a pig's face as you were doing that <laughs> It was, it was unsettling. Don't slit my throat. Stop it. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about the film that I watched over the last two days, The Island of Dr. <laughs> two Murrow. days? How long's the movie? Uh, <laughs> like 94 minutes, I think. 96 minutes. Okay. Why did it take two days? Because, Tom, this was potentially... The worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Wow. Um, and halfway through, I was just like, I, I got to get up and do something productive <laughs> with my life. I can't. Uh, I'm wasting my life watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then I went back to it the next day, and it was it was eh, still bad. Uh, one thing is, uh, it was a very troubled production. It was made in 1996. Uh-huh. It starred two absolute lunatics, <laughs> yeah. Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer. Yeah, I forgot that Val Kilmer was in it, too, who's also a lunatic. Was I he know, a lunatic by then, though? He was, apparently. Okay. Um, but it might have been like, he had always been difficult on set. Yeah. But I think but this more is of like he... a diva than like a lunatic. Yeah. More of a like, hey, I want this, I want that, than like, I, I'm going to make crazy, weird demands. Yeah. I mean, can we tell the story that our... Uh... Yeah, sure. This is a Patreon podcast. You got to yeah. pay for access. So our friend, a uh, friend of the show, Dan Deacon, mm-hmm. did uh, the score for a Francis Ford Coppola movie starring Val Kilmer. Yes. <laughs> And the thing was, it was going on tour, right? Yeah. And, like, Dan was going to do the music live. Right. It was, like, electronic music, but he was going to, you know, perform all of it yeah. himself. So it was going to, like, places like Radio City Music Hall and stuff yeah. where people would buy tickets and go. And Val Kilmer, who had started the movie, was like, I want to come, too. And Francis Ford Coppola was like, eh, you know, 
Yeah, there's not. Yeah, there's not really a reason. Like, we're gonna show the movie, and then Dan's gonna perform the music in the movie as the movie's playing live. And then uh, that will be the the appeal to this. You'll you'll get to see a movie with a live musical performance accompanying it. And then Val Kilmer's like, "No, but what I'll do." So I'll run up and down the aisle screaming and like shaking people. During during the parts I'm on screen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which like would be pretty cool. Oh, especially if you weren't expecting it. Yeah. Yeah. But like it'd be startling. Yeah. And also how many times can you do that? I mean, I think he was the star of the movie. I think he was in every scene. Yeah. Uh, it uh it's and uh Dan like stayed in his guest house with him for a while at, at Francis Ford Coppola's guest house with Val Kilmer for which, like a, for like two weeks or something. Yeah, crazy. which to us, uh, like our friend from high school, who like we probably went and saw uh, Batman Forever. Was he? Was it Batman Forever or was it Batman? Batman Robin. And Robin. Yeah, we we all went with Dan to yeah, see yeah. that movie. It's just it was weird. It yeah. was weird, and uh, Val Kilmer's weird. He said Val Kilmer's a great guy. Yeah, I'm he's, sure he's fun as hell. Yeah, uh, he was, <laughs> if like you're not get if you're not trying to get him to like make something with you. Yeah, uh, everybody on the set of the Island of Doctor Moreau uh, would disagree. Everybody hated him. Uh, he showed up to set two days late uh, because he found out from watching TV that his wife was filing for divorce. Mm, that's the worst way to find out. Was trying to get out of being in the movie. The time I met Nicolas Cage, it was the morning that uh, 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 Priscilla, not Priscilla, uh, Lisa Marie, Presley. Lisa Marie Presley uh, filed for divorce, and he did not seem happy. Yikes! Yeah, he still did the. He still took questions from <laughs> yeah from a like college a college reporter. round table. Yeah. Seemed distracted, to be honest. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, you you pick somebody up like Lisa Marie Presley was a Scientologist, mm-hmm. married Michael Jackson. She was also the daughter of uh, Elvis Presley. Yeah, it's like mm, you kind of know what you're getting into with 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 uh, with this lady, right? Yeah, but you could also say that about you know Nicholas Cage. Yeah, the next guy she was with, and then he, she married Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Nicolas Cage, I feel like, is really, uh, really gone off the rails lately, huh? Oh yeah, like he's like, I'm not even going to do anything that's critically acclaimed anymore. No, nah. well, he got into like rent. big money trouble. Yeah, yeah. Hey, he was like one. Of the, that's why we're doing this Patreon. He was one of those guys that was like buying ridiculous, expensive yeah. like dinosaur eggs and stuff. All None right. of those things are going to hatch. That's how they get you. Uh, Tom, uh-huh. this movie was originally um, supposed to star Bruce Willis as Edward Prendick. Yeah, I mean that wouldn't have been that wouldn't have been any easier of a production, I think. <laughs> so then uh, he had to drop out because uh, his divorce with Demi Moore, and like they were working. Boy, a out. rough year for celebs, huh? Yeah, and so. Uh, Val Kilmer replaced him. Yeah, as Prendick. Yeah, and then he was like a... a re- and then it baffles me when actors do this. This isn't the first time I've heard of an actor doing this. He's like, oh, and Prendick, they, they, they named Douglas instead after that. Yeah. 
And Val Kilmer's like, well, I don't want to play him because uh, I'm going through a divorce. I need to be in less of the movie. I'm going to play Montgomery. Okay. But like, I was going to say he's more of a Montgomery. But you can he's just too young. But... You can just do that. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's what uh, Arnold did on Terminator. He was supposed to be the protagonist. He was supposed to be Kyle Reese, and then really? he was like. Now nah, I want to be the Terminator, and they were like, "The Terminator doesn't have any lines." He's like, "Now nah, I want to be the Terminator." I forget. I think it was the movie Neighbors. Yeah, that... they were gonna have OJ be the Terminator. Oh yeah, but they they said OJ wasn't believable as a killing machine. Mm. <clears throat> I wouldn't say a killing machine. I, w- I would say a killing machine. Uh, he loved her too much, Tom. Uh, no. Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi were in a movie, mm-hmm. like at the height of like them starring in movies together. The uh, Blues Brothers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but as uh, it was called Neighbors, uh-huh. and like John Belushi was supposed to be like the neighbor who was like slovenly, and yeah. like Dan Aykroyd was the uptight, uptight guy. Yeah. And like the day before they started shooting, they're like, "Hey, let's switch roles." And the movie <laughs> fucking flopped. Yeah, I don't think I've ever even heard of that. <laughs> but movie. like. Why would the studio or the director be like, all right, yeah, you guys could make that decision? Like, why would Val Kilmer be able to be like, I actually don't really want to be in this movie much. I'm going to take this other. Like, wouldn't they be like, well, you signed a fucking contract and we're paying you? Yeah. But I mean, yeah. At a certain point, though, like, especially if, you know, they had lost Bruce Willis last minute, then I could see them being desperate and ju- it just kind of being in a clusterfuck of like, ugh. Like, we already got everybody there. If, if Well, no, no. that It didn't happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, it did happen. Um, but they hired this guy, David Thewlis. What happened to the old guy that played Montgomery? <laughs> <laughs> Cares. Oh, oh, Rob Morrow? Uh, quit because of I don't know and then uh, Marlon Brando um, he was supposed to have a bigger role but uh, his daughter uh, committed suicide which is very sad Yeah. but then he was like I'll be in the movie but just like don't put me in much of the movie Right. and I think everybody's like Marlon Brando this was the only reason we got this piece yeah. of shit movie made yeah it's called The Island of Dr. Moreau and you're Dr. Yeah. Moreau well he's not in the book much to be fair yeah that's true he's like a elusive figure whatever it, it happened they made it but like it turns out the, the protagonist the main character of the, the movie was this guy David Thewlis who played Douglas who was Prendick mm-hmm. uh, and like when you have two really big stars and they were like well they had to keep Val Kilmer on board because of Batman uh, Forever? What was the one he was in? He was in no, Batman. No he was in Batman Forever. Yeah it was Batman Forever. Batman and Robin earlier. was Clooman. Yeah. Clooman. Clooney. <laughs> it was uh, George Clooman if I'm not mistaken. You didn't senile. Uh Back yeah. in my day, we had stars like George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it was a troubled, it was a troubled thing. But that doesn't ex- excuse how fucking awful this movie was, Tom. I'm gonna go through this. Uh, I'm just gonna go through. I have the plot summary here, and I have my notes. Okay. Uh, first of all, and, and you let me know whenever this deviates from the book. <laughs> okay. So it starts out. Uh, 
uh, the, the opening credits are actually kind of cool. Uh, it's like very nineties, like cutting through like a lot of. Uh, bah, 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 bah. No, more like. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> and uh, that was way off. Cuts between uh, animals and like human eyes and like science things, but like cool. in a really cool fucking way. <laughs> Stan Winston did all the did all the stuff. Oh, the like makeup or whatever, yeah. the creature effects. Yeah, but he sucks. He works on a lot of different shitty movies, right? Yeah, he's kind of one of those guys that. Like, yeah, he's great. And it's like, yeah, it was fine. Huh? He's one of those guys that, uh, yeah, has done amazing work, but I feel like it's a little bit of. Uh, well, he's kind of worked on everything. <laughs> So yeah, okay, like it was very good sometimes, but it was very bad sometimes yeah. too. I mean, and and in fairness to him, I'm sure it was like uh, you know, budget related. It was like, well, yeah, yeah you can hire him, but you gotta give him enough money. No, 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 he did he did well, but it's just like uh, he did good work, but it's just like in a really shitty movie. Yeah, and I don't mean yeah. that he does bad work. Just like you, you see his name on a lot of movies that are like, yeah, the makeup looked good, but yeah. like. This movie well, yeah, shouldn't have had this makeup. Yeah, he's he's they've his studios have like won awards on you know movies that are very bad, but it's like, but yeah, they knocked it out of the park. Mm. All right, the beginning of the plot summary. Okay, in the year twenty ten. Whoa, the future. Well, this was made in ninety six, so it was. Yeah. United Nations negotiator Edward Douglas survives a plane crash in the Java Sea and is eventually rescued by a passenger. Is that a real sea? No, well, Made out yeah. of coffee? I'm supposed to believe that? It's delicious. You can drink that. Nice. Yeah, but, but you'll be over-caffeinated. Yeah, yeah. uh, there's two other dudes on the raft with him. Right. And they fight and they fall off. And yeah. then you see a shark circling. But you never see him get eaten by the shark. Yeah, that's kind of what happened in the book, though. I think they get shot or something, though. Um, and then they do this thing. Uh, they do a close-up of his eye when he, like, opens his eye on the raft. It's like, what is this, Lost? <laughs> Predates Lost. <laughs> not, oh, actually not if it takes place in 2010. Yeah. And then uh, he gets rescued by the boat that uh, that Montgomery's on. And it, it, he's, like, out of it because I think yeah. he's been drinking seawater. But they don't even say that he's drinking seawater in this, which is fucked up. Like, that's the fun part of the book. Yeah, show him drinking the seawater. Drink the sea- yeah, this priest didn't want to fucking drink seawater on the set. They could have done, uh, s- you know, screen magic. Yeah. And what, <laughs> well, they did do a lot of screen magic. Oh, the director left and another director was brought in. Yeah. And then the original director, uh, the the director was fired and then he snuck back on stage dressed as a, one of the beasts at some point. Yeah, there's like a documentary about it, right? Yeah. Um, but when Vel Kilmer rescues him, uh, like he's out of it, so it's all shot from his perspective in yeah. like fisheye lenses. It was like, yeah, the nineties. <laughs> um, this was supposed to be like Val the Kilmer biggest does movie a of the few, summer. Uh, skate tricks. Yeah, yeah, he's on a skateboard. Actually, he has like headphones, like big headphones around his neck the whole time, and sometimes he just puts them on while other people are talking. <laughs> And you hear a little bit of like rock music, and then he takes them off again and starts. Uh, uh, the other thing, uh, Val Kilmer just was acting very Brando ish, uh, mm-hmm. where he would just do what he wanted. He insisted on having like 
a blue piece of cloth <laughs> tied around his left arm. And the director was like, can you please take that off? That wasn't on in the last scene. The continuity is yeah. going to be off. And he insisted on it. And <laughs> I get the sense he insisted on having these headphones and uh, just... Who fired the director? The studio. What studio? Uh, United Art? No. Uh, what was it? Do you want me to look up the studio? No, it's that... fine. New Line Cinema. Okay. Oh, yeah. I wa- So I watched the trailer the other day, and uh, I was reminded that, yeah, this was like supposed to be a big summer movie because I remember sitting in the theater with friends as like a teenager, a young teenager, and seeing uh, the trailer before every big summer movie because there's a scene where one of the beastmen, like one of the lion men, is getting up and he goes, Father? And we thought that was the funniest thing we had ever seen in a movie trailer. Just like a tiger man going, Father? <laughs> and uh, laughed so hard that I think one of us got booted out of the movie theater. Because just like the movie started and we just still couldn't <laughs> stop laughing at it. Yeah. Uh, this movie was bad. And... Uh... A 13-year-old was right to laugh at that till they almost died. And this was, like, at the time when, uh, you know, in the summer, where it was just like, oh, we'll go see anything that's out because we got nothing else to do, and you can ride your bike to the movie theater. Yep. And matinees are pretty cheap, so it's just like, yeah, we'll just go and we'll see. And then also, like, we'll get into a movie and then sneak into other movies until we get kicked out because we've got nothing else to do and nowhere else to go. And even then, we were still like, this movie looks terrible. Yeah, uh, it was bad, Tom. I think it might actually be the worst movie I've ever seen. (laughs) Um, I was going to go through the whole plot, but the plot is nonsensical. Um, So I'll just go through my notes. Uh, Val Kilmer has cool headphones. Uh, Val Kilmer is trying to act crazy like uh, Brad Pitt in Fight Club. Okay. But I guess this is pre-Brad Pitt in uh, Fight Club. It could be Brad Pitt in 12 Monkeys. Yeah, because he's just trying to be like uh, like really cool but like flippant yeah. and also like, yeah, you don't know what I'm going to do. Right. Um, like they get to the island and he's like, oh, I'll get you off this island. But he's like, eh, we'll, we'll call for help. And he's like, oh, the communication device is down. And there's a, a whole crate full of bunnies. And, like, he's acting normal, just like uh. a cool guy. And he picks up a bunny and smells it, like, and then snaps its neck. Oh. It's like, it's Montgomery in the book like that? No. And why would he do that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the main guy who I mentioned, Douglas, he's an ugly nerd. <laughs> uh so uh, Montgomery unloads a shipment of rabbits at a pen, and one runs away while he slaughters another. Oh, to feed to Douglas. Um, and then they they go to the main house, and Douglas is told like, "Hey, don't go anywhere. You stay here." Yeah. Um, and then he meets uh, Doctor Moreau's daughter. That was not in the book. Named Isa. There are no women that aren't beast women. Played by Feruza Balk. Oh, okay. This is very nineties. Yeah. Uh she was she's from the craft. Mm-hmm. Uh she's from our friend Chris saw her on Third Avenue <laughs> in New York City in two thousand and one. Yelled at her. <laughs> uh and bragged about it for the next decade. Yeah. Well, and now you're carrying on the tradition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And that's all I really know about her. Uh, this this movie, like, they set it up like it's going to be fun, like Jurassic Park. Yeah. But it's not. It's not fun. So, uh, so uh, he's in... Here's the main thing. I don't know where anybody is in relation to anybody else on this island at any time uh-huh. or what anybody's relationship with another person is like whether or not so it's just like very disjointed yeah like i don't know if val kilmer uh is 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 like if if douglas is threatened by montgomery Uh or where montgomery goes when he's like do not leave here and then douglas like leaves (laughs) and like wanders around and sees uh like the laboratory where they're splicing together he sees uh, a a a a beast being born. Hmm. Anyway, uh, well, well, I was gonna say there were like weird little beast children that were born, and they ran around the island. Yeah, which again didn't make. I mean, just because you you know stitch a zebra to a giraffe doesn't mean that its children are gonna be half zebra, half giraffe. Yeah. And then uh, they'll be able to talk, sure. So they're going around the island, and Douglas says to Val Kilmer, "He's like, they see this big, uh, like, technological thing, and he goes, impressive communication sensor." <laughs> and Val Kilmer's just like, "Yeah, but it's broken. Uh, but I'm gonna fix it, and then we'll get you out of here. Mm-hmm. Only I can fix it. We've heard that before." Right? <laughs> uh, so anyway, he 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 goes in and he sees the the the, the splicing together of animals, yeah. and, uh, and uh, they see him and he runs away and he escapes, um, and then uh, they find a uh, a rabbit that had been partially eaten. Yeah, that happens in the book. Okay, but the jaguar man. Yeah, and the sayer of the law is he that he's yeah in the he's book? in there too. That's Ron Perlman in this movie. Oh, okay. Ron Perlman, who kind of looks like a beast man, just exactly. normal. Exactly, that's like his life, right? <laughs> life as a beast man. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Did we get to the part yet where one of the beast men goes father? <laughs> that happened. Yeah, Doctor Moreau referred to as the father by the mutants appears. Mutants. They call them mutants? Yeah, they call them They're mutants. They're not mutants. And he controls them all by using a little remote control that has, uh, they all have implants in them. Yeah. And he can press the button on the remote control and cause pain. Yeah, they didn't have imp- the remote controls in the late 1800s. Everything was still wired. So the- Steam powered. <laughs> so the beasts got Douglas while he was running away. Okay. Um. But Moreau like hits the remote control and he's like, "Give him back!" Yeah. And this is Brando. It's like in, a garage he's, door he's opener. In, yeah, he's in. He's in. Uh, he's covered in like a uh, white makeup. Yeah, I feel like there is face. there is something in the book about him being covered, either covered in white or very pale. Because I did notice that when I was reading, where I was like, "Oh, I wonder if this is where." But it, but it, I could see how it would be like misinterpreted by Brando of like, no, I'm gonna wear white paint. Yeah, um, I think it's like to appear godlike or something. Okay. Um, and he, he's like, ah, give, give me that guy, and then uh, he just like, you can tell he would only do one or two takes of something. Yeah. And like we didn't meet like 
sometimes it'll be on him and it'll be like, hey, uh, yeah, you're going to come with me and I'll explain everything to you. And like immediately cut <laughs> and to like another shot. And you could tell like it was like, you're going to come with me and I'll explain everything to you. All right, that's the last one I'm going to fucking do. <laughs> <And> they <laughs> yeah. had to like abruptly cut it. It's like, that's the last frame <laughs> before he just looks in the camera. It's something. just like, fuck you, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, so they take him into the house uh, and uh, they eat dinner or something. Everything that Marlon Brando says in this movie <laughs> is the most goddamn boring thing. It's this boring speech about like, oh, you know, I like to. I don't. I don't even know. I fucking. I had to put on subtitles at one point because Marlon Brando mumbles every fucking word that he. Did he have the cotton in his mouth from Godfather? (sighs) Still, he 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 refused to learn his lines, so he had a radio transmitter Uh put in his ear, and somebody would read. Yeah, but the communication tower wasn't working. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh. Yeah, so everything he says is like boring and like you can't really understand it. Yeah. And then everything the beast people say mm-hmm. is like <laughs> like and well yeah, they're talking through uh, you know, uh plastic vampires. Yeah, but they're also they're also like talking in weird voices. Yeah. If I didn't have the subtitles on, I wouldn't know what was going on. Which because, does like, make sense cuz again, Look, stitching two of these things together doesn't make uh, uh, a pig able to talk. Right. Uh, okay. I appreciate that this movie's realistic. Uh, it's like Cats. Yeah. The movie Cats. Very realistic. You haven't seen the movie Cats I yet, have. Tim. I got a, a sneak preview. <laughs> so these are uh, these are Dr. Moreau's right-hand <laughs> see man. see a work print. Uh, he has uh, children, he calls them. Yeah. One is... Uh, the Over? littlest, the littlest man in the world. Okay, um, you know him like he's literally like a foot tall. Yeah, uh, you've seen him in in South Park in the parody of uh, Doctor Monroe that was like the main guy in South Park for the first three seasons. Yeah, and he had that little guy. Yeah, like they cast the littlest man in the world. Right, um, to which just is not in the book. Be creepy, and Marlon Brand like the. The, the littlest man in the world has lines because Marlon Brando became obsessed with him. And he's like, yeah, give half Moreau's lines to this little man. Okay. Uh, the other one is uh, this uh, monster in a tuxedo and dreadlocks. And he kind of looks like a guy out of Avatar, the movie. Why does he wear a tuxedo? I don't know. Uh, there's this other like, little boy monster looking. He kind of looks like Eddie Monster. <laughs> okay. And there's, an, uh, there's another guy... Uh, who's like nervous? And like, that would be me on this island. Yeah, and they're his children, but okay. like we don't know what the deal is. Father? Yeah, but that's not that's not the all all the beasts call him father. Okay. Uh, I know at least that one beast. And so does. they put this one guy, this one beast, on trial for for eating a rabbit because they're Tim, not. Tim, you're referring to, to two different sets of notes here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The hell's going on? What? This, this is like complicated. You crazy. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> uh, look, they this guy, this beast, was put on trial for eating a rabbit. Okay. And then Moreau brought him up and was like, "Hey, uh, can you give penance?" And then the tuxedo dreadlock guy, his mm. son, 
shoots the guy and kills him. Oh, he shoots man. the beast. And they're like, what the fuck, man? And he's like, ah, I don't know. I thought that's what you wanted me to do. And then Douglas tries to escape, but there's all these rat-like creatures uh-huh. that scare him away. Uh, uh, Val Kilmer uh, then kisses these pig women on the mouth, and they're busty. Uh, and they're, they walk. Do they have like uh, like eight boobs, though? No, just two. Because okay. it's wrong. <laughs> um, basically, nothing makes sense. Then... Uh, Douglas and Feruza Balk start to start to fall in love. Right, that's why she's there. But here's the thing: mm-hmm. she, uh, she's a mutant also. Mm. Um, and she needs to be injected with serum to keep her from retrogressing into an animal. And the way that you can tell her tell that she's becoming more beast like is that her teeth are changing into fangs. But how does one's tooth change like that? Look, Tim, a lot of the science is not uh, iron iron tight and ironclad in this uh, story. So anyway, Douglas is trying to contact the outside world. He tries to... to... I mean, that is part of the book that like they're, they're regressing. Yeah. yeah. So Douglas is trying to fix the communication stuff with some nerd beast who I don't know. And Val Kilmer comes in and he's like, hey, guess what? I've gone crazy. You're not getting off this island. And from here on out, he's batshit insane. Uh, Now the hyena swine. Do you know the hyena swine? Yeah, he's in the book. So he, he realizes that they have trackers in and he rips out the tracker and he's like, I'm overthrowing things here. And they go and uh, visit Dr. Moreau. And Dr. Moreau and his, his uh, tiniest man in the world are, are playing <laughs> matching pianos together. Oh, yeah, I remember that scene. And the beasts uh, discover the piano, and, they're, and and Dr. Moreau's like, hey, let me tell you about music and stuff. And then the beasts are like, we've ripped out our trackers. Um, we're just going to kill you now. And they kill him in a hammock. Oh. At one point uh, before they kill him, He's wearing an ice bucket on his head. Uh, and, he's uh, trying, to, trying to stay cool. Yeah, it was really hot where they were filming. Yeah. And uh, he's like, in this scene, Moreau should have a, an ice bucket on his head. And the director's like, that doesn't make sense. And he's like, nah, it's part of it. Uh, and he and in the movie, he's like, uh, Feruza Ball comes over and talks to him while he's this ice bucket on his head. And he's like, uh, my caloric converter is getting empty, and Fruza Balk has to put ice in it. <laughs> so I don't know if it's if if it's supposed to be like a sciencey thing that that Marlon right, Brando or if invented. It's like a joke. Yeah, um, I just can't understand. Anyway. anyway, they they murder him in a hammock, um, and then the tuxedo dreadlock son uh, finds guns. And he goes to these beasts that killed uh, Moreau. Moreau. Mm-hmm. He's like, I found all these guns. Let's take over. And so they start to. Um, and then they kill Feruza Balk. Mm. They kill the dreadlock uh, tuxedo guy that gave them the guns. Rude. And then they catch Douglas. And they're like, we're going to take over. And Douglas is like, all right, well, you've killed all your gods. You should be the god to the hyena man. Yeah. And then he like turns to all the other guys that are helping him out, and he's like, yeah, they don't know that you're the god. you got to show them that you're god. So he starts shooting those guys, 
and then they shoot him and then they light the whole thing on fire the whole like house on fire and the hyena man is like moodily, uh, mortally wounded and he walks into the fire and he's like I should never have been alive <laughs> yeah and just and, and burns in a fire and Douglas is the only human left huh uh, and they, they yeah they kill Montgomery at one point too <laughs> they just kill everybody um and then he goes to leave and he's like I'll be back and uh Ron Perlman, the sayer of the truth or whatever, yeah, was law. just like, hey, don't come back. We're going to be animals now, and I'll see you never. I'll come back. Get out of there. Get, yeah. Yeah, come on. Basically, uh, none of it made any sense, because like, I never knew what Ron Perlman's relationship with Douglas was. or like, And at one point, Val Kilmer goes from being like a normal guy to just like batshit insane. Like once, uh, once Moreau dies, yeah, Val Kilmer puts on all the the white makeup and starts doing a really funny uh, Marlon Brando impression to try to get all the animals to 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 follow yeah. him. But it's it, none of it makes any sense. Yeah, it sounds like a nonsensical movie. Yeah, and uh, everybody tried to leave the movie and negotiate to get out, and like, like they had to bring in lawyers to be like, "We'll ruin you. Like you'll never make another movie in Hollywood again if you don't film these scenes." So it looks like everybody has like a sniper rifle <laughs> trained on them while they're <laughs> delivering their lines in this movie. Verzabalk left. What's twenty five hundred kilometers? She rented uh, yeah. a car and drove 2,500 kilometers away before they're like, you have to come back, otherwise you'll never be in a m- another movie as long as Where you did live. they film this? Australia. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's a big country. Yeah. You could, uh, you could drive real far. Yeah, and like none of them, like everybody regretted it. It was supposed to be a six-week shoot. It was a six-month shoot. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Yeah, this sounds horrible. Why did they make this movie, though? Like, on paper, this movie isn't good. Yeah, and I hate whenever they make, uh, you know, movies based on old stories, and they're like, ah, we're going to modernize it, though. We're going to make Frankenstein, but now, or whatever. It doesn't work. Like, because when you're doing old sci-fi, we know things about science that, don't make that story make sense anymore. So yeah. do it. Do it time appropriate. Make it. Hey, throw in some steampunk. That's what everybody likes. Hey, everybody loves steampunk. But but yeah, it just whenever they try and modernize old stories, it sucks. There's no movie version of an old story that they've modernized that's any good. No. Eh, what I can't think of it. I was gonna say, like one exception I can think of is the early episodes of Sherlock, but then that eventually fell prey to, I think, like the same problems of like, oh, we're gonna take old Sherlock Holmes stories and modernize them and yeah. give them a modern, you know, a social media twist or whatever. Never yeah. give anything a social media twist. Yeah, That's it's just always sure. like I don't know. It's it's also funny to me because when they do this stuff, it's there's no surer way to date something <laughs> yes. than to say, well, we're going to take a hundred year old story, but we're going to set it 15 years in the future from today. 
And yeah, it's going to be hopeless. It's, it's going to be forever outdated. How fucking hard could it possibly be to be a like a, a studio executive? Like you see this, yeah. right? You see this story and then you have like Men in Black. Right. And you're just like, all right, well, let's kill this fucking movie. Right. Like let's make more like Men in Black, like a fun romp. Like if we're talking sci-fi blockbusters, yeah, maybe don't do the one that that uh, is depressing. Pigman. Well, I think it's you know it's too many cooks. You know, yeah, too many people get involved, and then they're they're trying to keep Marlon Brando happy. They're trying to keep Val Kilmer happy. They're trying to keep uh, Stan Winston happy. Like, uh, you know, yeah. and, and that's why like you know a lot of these people don't wind up. Yeah, I mean, I think it's funny that they were threatening all these people to never work again when it's like, oh, they, they kind of didn't. <laughs> yeah, like Marlon Brando didn't need to work again. Yeah, or it's just like, no, they they got, you know, bad reputations regardless and, and you know, didn't really show up and all that much. Yeah. There was one part that really stood out to me. They were letting all the animals loose at some point. All hell was breaking loose on that. Yeah. And there was a real llama that they let out of a cage. <laughs> But wrapped around the llama's neck was like a bloody bandage uh-huh. because, like, uh, you know, they were operated doing, on yeah. or whatever. But like, it was somebody's job to fly all the way to Australia. Uh-huh. It was like, and one day you're gonna have to take this real llama and like dip a dip a, a, a bandage in mm. some fake blood. Hopefully, and then fake wrap blood. that around the llama's neck and. It's like that person had to be like, "What am I doing here? Why are yeah. we making these things?" I've been here for three months just waiting for this shot. Yeah, uh, I watched. Uh, so I watched the trailer, but then I also watched. I was curious and rewatched because I hadn't seen it since it came out. The uh, uh, Michael Jackson video for you, "Rock My World," that Marlon Brando appeared in. Boy, that is not aged well. Uh, Why? What goes on there? Uh, well, I, I didn't watch the whole thing cause it's like, I don't know, 12 minutes long or something, maybe longer. So I just like skipped around to find the Brando parts, but I forgot the beginning of it is freaking, uh, Chris Tucker, right? Chris Tucker and Michael Jackson dressed as like twenties gangsters eating like ramen noodles, oh, yeah. like harassing women walking down the street and like freaking... That's but, when Michael Jackson was like, I like adult women, right? We all know this. It was it was beyond that point where like now it got to the point of like, no, look, I'm aggressive with women. <laughs> Meanwhile, he looks like the guy from the the freaking uh Hannibal Lecter uh movie that got his face eaten off. Like his face looks like so weird as he's like, Come on, girl, what are you doing? You know you're in love with me. <laughs> Um, and, cool. And then they're in like a fight in the in the bar or whatever. I kind of vividly remember. Yeah, this, and a guy comes and like they keep showing like the back of Brando's chair, and then finally a guy comes up and he's like, "Boss, there's trouble downstairs," and Brando just slowly turns in his chair while whistling, and just keeps whistling, and then <laughs> says to the guy, "Now." And it's like what? That does. That's not a. Of course, now no. There's trouble down on stairs an hour ago, uh, and uh, like it seemed more like it was him saying now to like 
here's your cue. <laughs> now do I say the thing? Now, yeah. And then you don't see him again until he like waddles up as the place is burning down. I forget what he says to Michael Jackson, but it's something that was like very obviously mostly improvised or like, you know, he read it once and then is saying something else. And Michael Jackson just goes like, I know who you are. And then runs out. And it's like, oh, okay, who is he? Yeah, it's two lunatics doing improv. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like, I know who you are. Yeah, like the mob boss that owns the place or whatever. Isn't that what this is all about? Of course you know who he is. Even if you didn't look at him, he's dressed like a mob boss. Uh, uh, Marlon Brando, kudos. Like, as, as... You know, as early as like Superman when he was just like, yeah, give me a million dollars and I'm going to show up for an hour and you're going to get what you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, Based on like some fucking movies from the 50s. Yeah. Hey, Uh, well, more power to you, man. uh, Is he still alive? Is he still with us? No. I was reading about two. Well, I sent you that apparently he has a patent on a system of uh, tuning drum heads. Yeah. Which honestly seems like the the standard way of tuning drum heads. I think maybe many purchases I've made have have filled (laughs) the estate of Marlon Brando's coffers. Maybe. I mean, it looked like a real patent. Like, it it didn't look like a crazy person's patent. I I read it. It's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's how you tune drum heads. Do you think he just patented something? Like, I mean, he it was like a, a patent from like, I don't know, 15 years ago. It wasn't, yeah. did they dramatically change the way you tune drum heads in the I, 2000s? Look, I don't know, man. Or did he patent something that- I told you, I think he like won that patent in some like crazy No, because it's game. credited to him. They don't change the credit. I don't think so. I think it's just like, okay, you own the royalty system. How does he know how tension rods on fucking well, smart man? Yeah, a genius. Uh, and it also said that in his uh, uh, autobiography, he talked about like all of his like love affairs in depth, and it was about all that. And it, <laughs> it mentioned as like a, it was like an afterthought. Uh, his uh, multiple marriages and children are never mentioned in the autobiography. <laughs> he had 11 children, at least 11 children. And they're like, none of them or his like multiple marriages are mentioned. Well, kudos to him for like, you know, getting a book deal for, <laughs> for. Dude, he become a real Marlon Brando apologist. No, no, no. For, for writing an autobiography. And getting it published without putting any personal information in there. No, that's the thing. It was like all about his like, it was the dirt. It was like, you know, the affairs he had and stuff. Hey, I mean, he really just didn't give a fuck. You gotta. gotta, I mean, it at least sounds like he actually wrote that autobiography. (laughs) I'm sure somebody else was like, oh, you want to like talk about your kids at all? One of his kids was uh, Michael Jackson's bodyguard. Really? Yeah. You sleep on the job. <laughs> hey, his job was to guard Michael Jackson. <laughs> you know, those boys took advantage of him. <laughs> That's what I heard from the Michael Jackson camp. <laughs> Tim, I told you to stop talking to them. They're giving you bad information. <laughs> yeah, this is one thing you don't have to hear from both sides about. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> 
Uh, He's a predator. I went to a wedding last weekend. And, uh, and he was there. Mike- <coughs> they played Michael Jackson. And uh, uh, I think we should stop uh, playing Michael Jackson at weddings. Well, you didn't storm out of the wedding, did you? <coughs> I mean, I did, for, but for other reasons. <laughs> Nobody listened when you said uh, you had a reason why they should not I be think, wed. I think everybody. Like, I think we need to stop revering people like uh, who were shitty. Like, I think I, we hear about uh, Steve Jobs being talked. Like, Steve Jobs was an absolute fucking asshole no. to ninety nine percent of the people he met. And his legacy is like, well, what an innovator. Fuck you. Your legacy should be defined by your relationships with other human beings. Now, I think nowadays it, that that is kind of getting corrected where it's like, ah, he was a real asshole. Yeah. But like every like literally anybody like Frank Sinatra is like, oh, well, crooner. Like, yeah, he was a fucking asshole to everybody. Old two eyes. Uh, I just think we need to reevaluate Michael Jackson and Marlon Brando. <laughs> Marlon Brando, I think we should correct. And uh, I think Marlon Brando has been properly corrected. I he's mean, a no, great man. <laughs> it's only like very old people that are still like, ah, and streetcar named desire. No, no, no. I think Marlon Brando should be, uh, by our generation, <laughs> rated higher. Oh, he should be more revered. Yeah, because, you know, he didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Cared. And you figured out a new way to tune drums. Yeah. Hey, I've I've benefited. Hey, thank hey, thanks, Marlon. <laughs> All right. Uh Tim, uh what book are we gonna read next? Uh not sure. That's gonna go up and then I'm gonna post the uh by the time you're hearing this, you will have voted on mm. the thing. Uh on the next book, and then early next week um I will post the schedule. Um, so everybody can read the first part by next Friday. It's not required. No, I want everybody to read it. And the thing is, oh, I forgot to tell you. Uh, uh, the guy who made a good point was <laughs> Greg. Okay. Um, on Patreon. And he said, uh, I think we should do a good book next time. Two stinkers in a row. Brave yeah. New World. and uh, That's true. So... I'm only gonna put crowd pleasers on this next on this next. Well, crowd, but crowd pleasers you would like to read. Yeah, yeah, but only ones that like. You know, we're not gonna do any. I'm not gonna put fucking sense and sensibility on there because yeah. we're all gonna be bored by that. Yeah, people are like, oh, this should only be restricted to the stuff that uh, we read in high school or should have read in high school. It's like, no, a lot of that's boring. You don't want to hear us just be bored. Yeah. Yeah, put some. Greg's got the right idea. Put some books with pictures in, up on, in there. I just want to read the fucking secret. I don't know why everybody, <laughs> nobody voted for the secret last time. Because, Tim. Well, they want to keep it quiet. Yeah, yeah I, know, I understand. Keep it a secret. Everybody knows it's a secret. It's not a secret. Yeah. Well, let's let the cat out of the bag. Everybody yeah. vote for the secret. You will have already voted at this point. I mean, you keep saying that. and I mean, maybe they won't have. Maybe they didn't get the email. Maybe they can get the memo. They'll get the email. Yeah, they'll get the email. Check your inbox. It's too late. Yeah, and then check out this week's episode of The Complete Guide to Everything, where we talk about the inbox. Yeah. yeah I'm <laughs> oh, Jesus. Tim's thrown the microphone. All right. We'll see you next week. <laughs>